afternoon, America, and welcome to the Hump Day edition of the Sea Report, coming to you live in the Foxhole app, as well as Twitch and Twitter, and probably some other nether regions of the internet and interwebs. Uh, we are also coming live on our Spreaker podcast, and guys, I gotta say right out of the gates, especially for our podcast listeners, I apologize. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how bad the audio was yesterday whenever I was airing the videos, particularly from the New Hampshire segment, and then also from the Tucker Carlson, Rudy Giuliani interview. And I sometimes forget, I guess maybe I'm more visual, um, that we have a, a podcast audience that has no idea what the heck is going on. <laughs> they just hear a bunch of uh, clouded voices and uh, muffled, angry uh, citizens of New Hampshire calling for something. Uh, but yeah, so I just thought I will pay more attention to that. Uh, that's just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, and also, secondly, I do apologize for coming on an hour late today. Um, I guess you could say I got pretty wicked last night during my Cinco de Cuatro celebrations. Just kidding. Uh, I did not have Cinco de Cuatro celebrations. Uh, <clears throat> I've been actually doing some morning work, work from home stuff uh, that I've been able to do this week to kind of, you know, pay some bills and stuff like that. But uh, I'll tell you what. I learned real quick today <laughs> that I cannot multitask uh, between taking calls and listening to podcasts. I was over in, I was over in Methods Chat today, uh, checking out his show this morning, and uh, totally goofed up on my Cinco de Mayo jokes. The Cinco de Cuatro. If you've ever seen um, the show Arrested Development, hilarious stuff. I, I would highly recommend it. Of course, we know that that a show like that would not exist long, but I think. They existed for the very reason uh, that uh, everyone was rebelling against with the whole PC culture and the cancel culture. They were always uh, willing to kind of put their line, uh, their uh, comedy, comedic line, necks on the line, regardless of uh, regardless of who was in office. I think whenever it was a Republican, they were making fun of Republicans. When it was a Democrat, they were making fun of Democrats. So I thought it was an overall great uh, social commentary and. Uh, comical show. Cinco de Cuatro. Look it up. It's, it's hilarious. But anyways, I'm also glad to hear uh, that um, things are up and running again at the Foxhole. Now, um, to the listeners out there who um, might be wondering what I'm talking about, if you're not on the Foxhole app, I would recommend you get on the Foxhole app. But in the meantime, um, there was um, there was a, a, apparently there was some attacks that occurred. Um, it's not my story to tell, but what I will say is I'm glad that things are up and running again, and um, they got everything going smoothly again, it would seem. Um, I was getting kind of distracted going between the chats yesterday, so uh, hey chat, if y'all are out there, I hope you guys are doing well on this Cinco de Mayo. Um, you guys remember, because I, I heard some um, I heard some debate about this in, um, in Methods this morning, where they were talking about Wednesday being Wings Wednesday or something like that, and then, um, and I'm pretty sure I know what this debate is about, I've heard about it, um, I, I've not yet cast my vote there yet, but uh, I will say this. I remember going to school and every Wednesday was uh, like Mexican food day or taco day. So, I mean, to me, it was just another taco day. And then, of course, if it's Cinco de Mayo, you have to have tacos. I mean, come on, it's Cinco de Mayo. I mean, I, I know I didn't appear with a sombrero here and a margarita in my hand or anything like that, but you know, you know, I mean, tacos are enchiladas. I mean, enchiladas are almost the same thing as tacos, just, you know, a little bit more spruced up, depending on where you are in, in the region, because uh, they make them quite differently down in Mexico, south of the border. 
those uh those uh tex-mex enchiladas are not exactly the same okay i'm getting long-winded i apologize guys just glad to be back with you all back to be uh and back on the air I think it's not like I was gone for a long time, no, but I uh, just had to take care of some things and then work and stuff this morning. So, all right, so let's go ahead and get into the C report before I spend 20 minutes because, I, I mean, I've been doing that lately, just kind of chit-chatting. Um, all right, guys, Trump leads on the C report, so we do have some new Trump news. Now, um, of course, he has um, a new uh, segment of his website. I guess you could see that he's released, I think that was as of yesterday, but let's start with some statements first because he had a whole slew of statements and I'm so I'm so glad about this because for a while it was like his web uh, people could not keep up with the amount of press releases that he was releasing so I think with this new website uh, from the desk of Donald J Trump um, that we'll be able to keep up with the statements and I guess they're gonna keep up with them on um, his actual site on the interim so let's go ahead and check out what he had to say uh, we'll start off with this Randy old statement that he's making in regard to the social media gods who think that they can control everyone and censor us. Um, so he says here, what Facebook, Twitter, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. But the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger and Oh, I think I was going to go too slow. Bigger and stronger and better than before. No, bigger and stronger than ever before. The people of our country will not stand for it. These corrupt social media companies must pay a political price and must never again be allowed to destroy and decimate our electoral process. So uh, that was one statement from Trump. Now that is also on the heels of uh, Facebook deciding that they were going to go ahead and just keep uh, Trump's account banned. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, no one's really on Facebook unless they need to be, I guess you could say. Um, but I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's 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 everyone's decision in the end. But um, I mean, I'm not on there because after so long of like, I, I didn't use my account for, you know, X amount of years. And then I did open it up again. And then they uh, shut it down. So I was like, yeah, why bother? I mean, there was a lot of whatever, you know, stuff there, old memories, because you know, Facebook was what right after MySpace, and I, I had a MySpace. <laughs> Anyways, it wasn't Mr. C back then, though. Let's check out what we have next in Trump's statements. All right, now he's going to do a doozy on Liz Cheney. He's a uh, He's double, double ganging up on her here. In this first statement, he says, Liz Cheney is a warmongering fool who has no business in Republican Party leadership. We want leaders who believe in the America Great, Make America Great Again movement and prioritize the values of America First. Elise Stefanik is a far superior choice. And she has my complete and total endorsement for GOP conference chair. Elise is a tough and smart communicator. And in a follow-up, uh, he says, Warmonger Liz Cheney, who has virtually no support left in the great state of Wyoming, continues to unknowingly and foolishly say that there was no election fraud in 2020 presidential elections, when, in fact, the evidence, including no legislative approvals as demanded by the U.S. Constitution, shows the exact opposite. Had Mike Pence referred the information on six states... 
uh, only need two, back to state legislatures and had gutless and clueless minority leader Mitch, what do they, do they call him, cocaine Mitch McConnell? <laughs> I don't know why they call him that. Anyways, he blew two seats in Georgia that should never have been lost. Um, fought to expose all of the corruption that was presented at the time with more found since. We would have had a far different presidential result and our country would not be turning into a socialist nightmare. Never give up. Though, uh, so saith our president, President 45, Donald J. Trump. So that's pretty interesting there. Now, he's going hard on, um, he's going hard on this Cheney skag, obviously, because of um, all of the decisions she's made. She's revealed herself to be a true rhino, Republican in name only. Um, I mean, what else could you come to expect from these career politicians? But, you know, I mean, Liz Cheney... <laughs> I don't know how she felt about this. Maybe it buttered her bread. I'm not sure. But she was endorsed by Nancy Pelosi. Hoods Pelosi herself came to Liz Cheney's defense. Now, why would anyone want... <laughs> Why would anyone want someone like Hoods Pelosi to come to their defense? I mean, really. I mean, you would think that that would be like a, an automatic, you know, mark or or scarlet letter upon her forehead um, for being that kind of a rhino. But anyways, so uh, just a quick look at the new, um, I guess, uh, some people are saying it's like a blog. Some people are saying it's just like a feed uh, in regard to um, from the desk of John Donald J. Trump. If you go to DonaldJTrump.com, um, let's see here, you can go to desk and that takes you to DonaldJTrumpDesk.com slash desk. And here you see uh, if you sign up, I mean, it's I mean, it's basically like just like, you know, you get updates. Um you know, so, and like I'm, to me, it's like great, at least this way they will be able to keep up with the statements and I won't have to go searching all over the web and all over social media platforms that I no longer use in order to try and uh, figure out what our president is relaying for the day, uh, for the moment. And a uh, funny thing here is it has links to Facebook and to Twitter. So uh, it looks like they won't be getting rid of this man anytime soon. Gosh, he, they must just really be fed up with him. I, I that's the only thing, uh, he's just done so good at you know he's like the master troll is what we had said but i think he proves it time and time again and he outclasses them too which is another thing that i really appreciate about the man okay guys so that was what we had in regards to trump now um a, a bit of a disclaimer slash warning slash advisory you may go blind with the next face i'm about to put on the screen <laughs> Ah, uh, that's right. If it isn't a uh, vice president select, uh, Kamala, I, I like saying Kamala because I think that's what it ticks her off. Kamala Harris. Uh, of course, we all know that she has a whole bunch of fun different names. I'm sure that uh, we can all remember and recall. But okay, so let me get her off the screen. Kamala <laughs> went down to Washington, uh, Wisconsin. I mean, uh, in avoidance of the southern border, of course. Uh, she finds herself in Wisconsin to, uh, I think it was to talk infrastructure with the people there. And, and this is just a real quick note before we get into our actual news and stories reports for the day. Um, I just thought it was so funny. Uh, she did not receive any type of greeting or crowds or cheers, duh, even though what supposedly millions of people selected this woman. Yeah, this is what she got. <laughs> okay, so I was like, they weren't even there to support her. 
they were protesting her. Uh, we had two minorities and two effeminate white guys protesting Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris as she came in to do this infrastructure thing there, I guess, Napa Auto Parts or wherever it was. Anyways, uh, Wisconsin can't afford the Biden-Harris tax hikes. Who will pay for this? Um, and I, I, cannot re- I cannot really read what is going on down in uh, the other signs there. But isn't that something, guys? I, I thought this was really funny and um, I wanted to bring it to y'all's attention because it reminded me of something else. This is not the first time that Wisconsin has shafted one of these selected, you know, uh, um, treasonous uh, 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 coup d'etat people. They also did this to Biden, okay? <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw this video, but this video um, I, I was able to obtain. And basically what it is, is it is President Biden visiting Wisconsin while he's on the campaign trail. Remember how they were hiding him? And of course we remember how they were hiding him in his little uh, basement or his little man cave or his little sniff cave or whatever you want to call it. But um, Biden gets a, a, a welcome. You know, this man who's going to be, uh, he's going to be uh, elected president by a landslide, receive the most votes ever in history. This says a lot, guys. When you compare the size of this audience that is waiting for Biden, and it's bigger than what Kamala got, I'll admit it, um, But when you compare the size of the people who are awaiting this man compared to the lines and the days of time that people were waiting to go see President Trump, it is just it's 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 almost sad, but it's quite funny. The the fun thing about this is this was a legitimate crowd of people there to support Biden. And I think they were probably paid or forced to be there. Honestly, you can literally count how many people are there. It's about 34, 32 to 34. So uh, anyways, this I thought was just funny to tickle the bone uh, before we get into our report. Okay, and for our podcast viewers, what you're seeing is a view of all the Biden supporters lined up along the side of the highway. Oh, and it's over. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was like, wow, I I, I did actually count. Uh, and I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 32 to 34 people that were standing out there along the side of the highway. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't have all I'm surprised they were not in their cars during that. But I thought that was really funny. Uh, apparently, Wisconsin just really supports this man. They really turned out to vote for him and somehow he won. Uh, But that is just, it just tickles my soul. So I thought I'd share that with you guys. Okay, guys, now let's get on to what the report uh, is going to be meatly about today. Uh, We're going to be doing some updates on the election um, 2020 audits that are going on in New Hampshire, Arizona. And guess what, guys? Uh, We're digging into uh, Antrim County, Michigan today um, because we actually have not reported this story on the C-Report. Actually, I think we mentioned it briefly um in that one election fraud um uh, special that we ran a couple of weeks back but this one uh antrim county is way bigger than i thought you know because like um i i saw the story but then like this new juice comes out right um or, or sauce or gravy i don't know what you want to call it i'm not too sure i just know i like it saucy but um 
We'll get to the story in a minute, but let's just say that this, what's breaking in Antrim County is as big as what's going on in Arizona. And I think we're also going to maybe see some tie-ins here uh, as to why things are going on the way they are. But we'll get to that in just a sec. Let's start with New Hampshire, uh, because that was the story that we were covering hot on the toes. Now, um, of course, as we know, uh, the selectmen in New Hampshire um, agreed to have this meeting. Well, not agreed. I get they have to have this public meeting, right? They had to have this public hearing. Uh, then so many people turned out that they moved it to like basically a little uh, portable behind the city hall, and um, only about thirty to forty people. I think forties generous could get in. Now, of course, that would create uh, that would create the visual or the optical illusion that not that many people were interested because after all, even though the room was full, it was only about thirty heads you know so the optical illusion there would have been that nobody cared right well there were about 200 people waiting on the outside of that uh city hall uh you know um portable and uh they had to agree the selectmen or the the council people the the leaders of their city had to agree to go ahead and move it to the high school auditorium. So at the high school auditorium, you see it's basically at maximum capacity. I mean, people are so excited. You have the fire marshal saying, if you want to stay in, you have to be in a seat. So virtually, it was it was about at capacity. There were probably well about over 100, probably 200 plus people there. Um, as we saw in the video and kind of as a recap for those who didn't get to see it or who uh, might have been on the podcast side, um, you, you know, you had the selectmen just, you know, being real, me- real ugly and short with the citizens. They were basically, I think the power went to their head, um, as, as is often the case. And, you know, you had one of them saying that it was their decision and if they really wanted to have repealed it, they should have done it within the 10 days that they were allowed. Never mind the fact that there's a big conflict of interest with the individual that they selected and his activities in trying to shut down or stall the uh, Maricopa County, Arizona um, elections that were going on there. So that was that was one thing there. Um, and then eventually it got to the point where the selectmen weren't really paying attention. They were just going on. They were saying ludicrous things like... Um, uh, uh, they're concerned in Maricopa about where the, the ballots came from. Well, in Maricopa, like I always said about Arizona, whenever we were considering the top five most contentious states uh, that had this election fraud, it's like they, they did things like, as we'll see in Antrim County, it had to do with the Dominion machines. Ooh, right. So it had to do with the Dominion machines in Ant- Ant- Antrim County and basically how the votes that Dominion was counting did not match the ballots that were being placed into the voting reader. So there was a physical and a technical aspect of it. Uh, Of course, then we also had like in Georgia, where we were seeing um, uh, all the ballots uh, coming in, being dropped in the dead of night, and then there's there's no envelopes to match, then you have shredders going in. So in and then they also had uh, what um, organizations that Stacey Abrams, who had worked from, who were actually soliciting votes from people outside of the state of Georgia. And then of course, they were finding out more of that fraud was going in with like false addresses and then also the uh the drop boxes and stuff like that so that was an aspect that was like a focus there in georgia when we got to new ham i mean not new hampshire i'm sorry when we got to arizona um i kind of felt like everything that they did every single way that they could have stolen the votes in those other five contentious states and also all 50 states if we're being realistic they did to arizona like i thought arizona was really you know the redheaded 
stepchild. She was the really the whipping boy. Like Arizona was treated like a $2 you know what on a Saturday night at two in the morning. Like that's how bad they were. So in Arizona, for the people in New Hampshire to say that they were more focused on where the ballots came, that's totally inaccurate because when we look at the amount of um, the amount of uh, auditing and inspection that's going into these ballots, they're looking at everything from the ballots that were mailed in to um, how the ballots were printed. And Cyber Ninjas is there for a reason. And um, we know that their plans were leaked, um, but they're also in Antrim County, guys, which is something that I don't, I mean, it's been featured in several articles, but I don't know if as many people are paying attention. Now, we knew Cyber Ninjas was going to also be looking at Georgia, Virginia, and Michigan. They're already in Michigan. Um, this thing in Antrim has been going on since November or December of 2020 and really got the ball rolling in January as to how this audit was going to go. And uh, we'll examine that in a minute. Let's finish up with New Hampshire before we, I get ahead of myself. Now, in New Hampshire, um, if you all recall, uh, towards the end of that two-hour video that was um, live-streamed, um, by one of the citizens in um, New Hampshire. Uh, if you recall, all of the citizens stood up and they uh, turned their backs and they were basically yelling for them to resign and, and because they weren't, uh, the selectmen were not listening to the voices of the people, the constituents, we who govern ourselves, right? Well, this video was taken after that uh, in which one of the citizens there confronts this, this guy. This is the guy that was saying, um, oh, well, you had X amount of time to get it to us and it's my opinion that I just don't, I don't agree with it and that kind of thing. Well, uh, this uh, citizen, we could call her citizen journalist. Why not? Because her her report went out all over the place. Um, she, uh, what do you call it? Um, she confronts him in regard to this and uh, she asks him um, whether or not he will listen to the voice of the people. So let's go ahead and play that. And let me get that expanded for you. All right, guys, here we go. If the entire town of Wyndham, no, no, if the overwhelming majority of Wyndham does does support a different a different auditor, will you overturn your vote and opt to do it differently? You know that from here tonight. You don't know that? Can I email you that? All of the Wyndham residents' opinions in this, and you will overturn the vote on record. Your vote, your vote, will you? You have to have the proof of that, but you will, on record. And will you? She asked you this. Okay, so brave lady. You got to love it when they go in for the follow-up, right? <laughs> That's always the best part. Um, so uh, they're the Wyndham County Selectmen. Heath Partington, that's the name of this gentleman, uh, says that he would change the vote if the majority of the town agrees. So we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, a lot of these people, they're intermingled like... It's it's really interesting, and I, I really can appreciate that through all of this coverage and exposure um, into how these counties are working, um, again, all I can say is we are seeing the 
the the you know the machinery of how this works um and and you'll see as we progress in the the show tonight and the report how um we're all figuring it out and and i don't know if it's like a 100th monkey syndrome where so many people were aware of it and saw it and experienced it and it was you know it was put into the subconscious or the the mass subconscious or whatever you want to call it and then the light just started going off you know but you have this effort going on in um windham you have the maricopa thing and you have the antrim one and antrim is gonna blow stuff up Okay, so, all right, getting back into it. Um, so they face this outrage. Now, another thing that was coming out of the New hampshire Wyndham uh, 2020 election debacle uh, was that um, this board was already aware at this point that Mark Lindman was a marked man, uh, no pun intended. He, he was not desirable, especially them and verified voting, to be used to audit or to be trusted to audit this election properly. Uh, because, of course, uh, Lindman had already, you know, um, basically signed his death warrant whenever he uh, sent over a letter to the Maricopa County people uh, telling them to stop the audit. But now, with all of this in mind, uh, the select men went ahead and selected... <laughs> The second programmer that they are going to be using on this New Hampshire debacle, and let me go ahead and let me go ahead and give you something better. Look at. Uh, okay, cool. Um, the, the New Hampshire debacle, and that was um, a, some, a person by the name of Harry Hursty. Um, so on Monday, New Hampshire Secretary of State William Gardner chose the second investigator for the Wyndham audit. Um, and that is despite the calls and emails from New Hampshire residents to choose Joven Pulitzer. Um, they chose Harry Hursty instead, um, who has years of experiencing investigating voting machines. Um, but this woman or this person, sorry, I'm not sure if it's a man. I think it might be a man, actually. But um, he is uh, he actually served on the advisory board to verified voting. So, again, we have another kind of sabotage element going into this Um I really hope and pray for the people of Wyndham and the state of Vermont and for the people of the United States of America that they get what they need. They get who they want to do this. And and right now, basically, it's going to boil down to them getting, I guess, signatures and petitions. Like, I'm sure they already had plenty. Uh, they had so many people show up. But um, they'll need to get the mailboxes of these people inundated with uh, uh, decrying what they're trying to do because the, the bias is so obvious um, that they really cannot move forward with this case. So I don't know why I have this on so many different screens. How interesting. Okay, guys, so let me go. All right, that's going to take us over to Arizona. So let's go ahead and talk about Arizona and the Maricopa County 2020 presidential election audit that's going on currently. Don't forget, y'all can go see the live stream at azaudit.org. I don't have it on the screen today, but all is good and well. So let's see what's going on down there in Maricopa. Of course, we reported on a previous show about the... Um, about, uh, you know, uh, police scanners, uh, you know, aircraft in the air, possibly um, uh, listening in or spying on uh, election uh, um, volunteer auditors, auditor volunteers. Um, and then, of course, there was that report about CNN reporters and others and the legacy stream and legacy media, lamestream media, mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, um, that they were actually going out there flashing pictures of license plates and name badges. And basically uh, it, what would look like is 
they're going to attempt to dox these people or maybe dig up dirt on these people to try and discredit them because you know it always boils down to it when the message is too pure they always go for you know um attacking the attacking the character of the individuals so i'm sure that that's that was probably somewhere in all of their plans because none of it's working like everything that they've tried to do is just not happening for them uh for the democrats the liberals the communists the socialists uh all the ists that you want to call them um but um uh, it's just, it's really interesting to note, like, I wonder kind of in the back of my mind, if what was going on in Antrim County might've been a good primer for how they were going to move forward in Arizona. Uh, because there's a lot of, I mean, Antrim, Antrim, they were very successful with, uh, stopping a lot of things and holding up a lot of the processes all basically boiled down to bureaucracy and to lawfare um, over in Antrim. But they've been pretty successful over in Arizona with uh, being able to bypass all of the adjudication that the Dems are trying to throw at them, with the exception, of course, that... Um, uh, the, of course, that uh, you had um, the uh, clerk of the Superior Court for uh, uh, Justice Martin um, releasing releasing the plans that were to be that were or, that were previously ordered sealed from the public accidentally releasing them um for a few hours one evening last week um and uh it's it's really interesting that the reports out there uh, that have moved forward with this story all declare that uh cyber ninjas was ordered to reveal the the means that they would be doing this audit but that is not the case so we also have a case of the um public media, especially in the Arizona area, are lying. They're lying about this court order because, like, for example, ABC 15 News out of Arizona, as well as Arizona Family, I believe, they are continuing to say that the cyber ninjas were ordered to reveal their plans when, in fact, we know that uh, Judge Martin did um, agree that uh, that exhibit D9 would remain sealed and then it was leaked. So one can only wonder what is going to happen there. But in the meantime, we also did have word that Black Lives Matter or Antifa would finally be um, um, unleashed in the streets of Phoenix in Arizona, uh, that they are going to finally activate their henchmen, these non-existent organizations. Uh, so this way they could try and, uh, you know, either uh, bully or or intimidate uh, the election volunteers is what I'm guessing, because they still have not sent these people any protection in spite of the fact that they have people like, uh, you know, journalists, uh, which I wouldn't even know if you would call them journalists if they're going out there trying to dox these people. Like, what's the story, Morning Glory? All you got to say is this person's name, face and address. Go get them. Like, that's not journalism, you know, um, but that's that. nonetheless, that's what they're trying to do over there. So now you have the henchmen who are being called to go out. Now, there was a report that was saying that they were going to have um, they were going to have open demonstrations in the streets of phoenix um on the fourth which was yesterday on the sixth and seventh um i was not able to confirm those but that's what the word was um through various sources on the internet and and news sources as well um but that's what was supposed to happen. Now, it also came out uh, that, of course, um, the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs there, um, uh, who is uh, a Soros plant, um, 
actually supports Black Lives Matters. And so that really causes one to wonder, you know, if she's maybe the one who initiated the call of the henchmen, right, to come out into the streets and start their intimidation tactics. Um, it was pretty interesting, though, that I thought that, um, well, I'm kind of thinking now it would be really cool, neat, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it would be something if maybe through what we see of Antifa and BLM on the ground, maybe we can get some money trails. Maybe they didn't want to pay the $1 million bond to stop the, um, to stop the, the, the audit, um, of course, that was in case any expenditures were accrued, etc. But they didn't want to pay the million dollars because maybe they'd already fitted that million dollars over to their henchmen, the BLM. We showed y'all a video here um, a couple of weeks back, and this was up in um, Michigan. No, no, not Michigan. Um, Minnesota, uh, where they had uh, they had a man uh, during a Black Lives Matter rally. Uh, just, just he had a bag of money, and he was literally just they were just making it rain you know, to all of the people who were there. Uh, some people were picking up stacks towards the end of that. You know, that's, that was, that was, that says a lot, you know, cause he was like, this is, this is my contribution. I'm sure pastor, that was your contribution anyways. So who knows? Maybe that's why they didn't want to fit the bill. Maybe they had to, to invest that million dollars on getting their henchmen there organizing, renting buses, uh, renting hotel rooms. Cause I, I heard, I done heard that they were also getting hotels rented and stuff like that. So that Antifa could be in the area for that, but I guess we'll figure out what happens. Okay. So in regards to Katie Hobbs, um, the black lives matter, uh, um, supporting secretary of state, um, that was actually brought to our attention by Kelly Ward. So found this fun video, I'm going to share it with you guys. And apparently Kelly has been doing these updates for a very long time. This video is dated November 30th, 2020. And this is where she exposes uh, um, Secretary Hobbs as being a Black Lives Matter um, enthusiast. Um, and, and that would go to say possibly a Marxist and definitely a radical. But let's go ahead and see what Miss Katie uh, Ward has to say. Kelly Ward has to say. It is time again for the daily update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am Dr. Kelly Ward, your chairwoman, and you probably have noticed that this is coming to you a little bit earlier than normal because there is so much happening this morning. I wanted you to be aware of what's going on. Three things. First and foremost, our state legislature, many of the legislators are holding an evidentiary hearing today today to show evidence of voter fraud, voter irregularities, and problems with our election that have put election integrity in doubt. We are going to see many members of the legislature joining both in person and virtually, as well as members of the president's team. Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis will be here. Congressman Paul Gosar will be here. And there will be patriots from around the state and around the country outside the venue at the Phoenix Hyatt at 9 a.m. So if you feel inclined, go down, join the peaceful protest, and let your voice be heard that you want election integrity. Now, number two, Katie Hobbs, our radical leftist Secretary of State, who thinks that Trump supporters are neo-Nazis, who has BLM on her profile on Twitter, she today is going to ignore all the evidence, ignore the thousands of complaints, ignore the um, possibilities of fraud and irregularities in this election, and she plans to certify this election at around 10 a.m. down at the Capitol. 
I uh, am not going to be attending. I think that it's a farce. We need to hear the evidence before um, any of that goes through. And then number three, we do have our election contest challenge petition for discovery. That is going to be heard this morning at about 1030. And uh, I'll keep you posted on what happens there. In case you missed the update about that particular lawsuit, this is the lawsuit stating that many of our observers were unable to actually observe in any meaningful way. So we need to examine those signatures on those envelopes that ballots came in uh, so that we can make sure that real people voted in this election. Things are way too close to just let things go. So we are fighting the fight. Today is a big day. I'll keep you posted on what's happening and I'll see you tomorrow. All right. So that was Miss Katie Hobbs and that's the flag of China. Burn it. <laughs> Burn that communist flag. We don't want that thing I around here. Hey! Trip. Sorry, guys. <laughs> didn't mean to yell at you okay <laughs> okay guys so uh that that was um um kelly ward's uh, expose on katie hobbs being a, a marxist uh you know uh, america hater um so i mean i mean it just she digs herself in her, her hole more and more and more She's been, I think she's been rather ineffective. I'm pretty sure her masters feel the same way because they just can't seem to stop this monolith that's going on, this beast that's roaring over in Arizona. Um, that is the beast of freedom and liberty. And so, okay, so let's get to this uh, ABC 15 News article that I had mentioned. Now, this is also something else that was developing uh, during this whole matter. Now, uh, I picked out this one because it, it shows you how again, the media is lying and they're um, spinning these things just, I don't know, I, I guess because they're dependent on the public not really paying attention. Um, Secretary of State gets an observer inside Maricopa County election audit. Cyber ninjas have to reveal methods. So that was the headline. And again, there you, you see right in the headline, a lie saying to the public that cyber ninjas had to reveal the methods by which they were doing this audit makes no sense when you know clearly if you i guess if you read the right news anyways well uh you know it wasn't it was ordered by the judge uh, we are i've already stated that correct but uh, this one was particularly about uh, the people that she now has. So Secretary Hobbs now has henchmen inside of the audit to watch it. And remember when we were talking about the different shirt colors a couple of days ago and their functions, um, I had said the pink shirts were state or uh, representatives, legislator representatives. Uh, actually, they're specifically Katie Hobbs henchmen representatives figures it would be in pink right i'm like where's their hat you know like where is the hat i want to see the hat i think even this guy that she snuck in there this ryan macias he should be in a pink shirt too i mean we didn't get any pictures of him in a pink shirt but i'm sure he'd look nice with one of those hats on his head right so anyways so uh the henchman that um katie hobbs has inside monitoring the recount of Maricopa County's 2020 pres presidential elections included, I say included, Ryan Macias, because he has since been ejected, but it was Ryan Macias, um, and he was the former acting director of certification and testing for the United States Election Assistance Commission. Macias certified Arizona's voting machine. So yeah, Macias said, yep, certified, they're good to go. Um, I had heard an interesting story about the the certification of these voting machines somewhere um, that basically they weren't certified until like a week before, 
you know, the election and it should have been done months before. And I don't know, there was just, I don't know, a whole bunch of, I guess, other, other rabbit holes, right? Anyways, uh, the other persons that were included in this, uh, this henchman watch group uh, included Jennifer Morell, um, who is a consultant for the Democracy Party and um, had membership and leadership team of that election group. So remember, the Democracy Project was one of the organizations on the letterhead that they've been sending out to everyone to scare them, intimidate them, and try and get them to stop. And of course, Liz Howard, who is an attorney with the Brennan Justice Center or Center for Justice. Again, another person who was on the letterhead of all of those, um, you know, uh, letters, uh, going back and forth, uh, trying to stop um, this audit in the process. And it was uh, Jordan Conradson, of TGP, uh, a TGP reporter who actually confirmed that the pink shirts were the Secretary, Secretary of State officers' um, uh, henchmen, because uh, she actually went up to them and asked them, hey, what are you doing here and why are you wearing pink? <laughs> and they told her that they worked for Secretary Hobbs. And they were just, uh, they were just observing. Um, and I think a lot of this actually does have to do with the, the way that Cyber Ninjas is uh, conducting their s once secret plans uh, that should have been sealed. Uh, because um, that seems to be the area that they are focused on. Um, Secretary State of State Hobbs, it says, is reserving judgment about Cyber Ninjas methods, saying only her office is reviewing what the company provided. And again, the company did not provide it it was taken from them and it must be taken back but anyways um, the article concluded cyber ninjas complied with a court order Thursday requiring it to reveal the policies and procedures the company is using to conduct the election audit another outright bold-faced lie unless I missed an article somewhere between yesterday and today, um, that is not the case. Uh, the judge ordered those sealed and they even apologized for accidentally leaking them on their website. All right, so get it straight, ABC 15 News. Okay, uh, so what else is going on over here? Um, okay, so let's get back to this Ryan Macias guy. He was a top election operative um, um, and he was invited to go in as one of Katie Hobbs's henchmen. Now, he must not have been wearing pink because apparently he went on the, he went into the facility under the premise of him being a journalist and a reporter. So, you know, he can start asking questions and nosing around and stuff like that. But then it comes out that he is not that. He's actually an observer for the Secretary of State. And that rubbed the people the wrong way that I guess he was work at whatever table he was at doing this. He lied to them and, and they just didn't trust him after that. And so then it also comes out that he is a member of the clandestine National Task Force force on election crisis. Um, so it's like, what the heck is this? Like they have task force, task force, task, sorry, I can't speak, task forces, task force, I, I don't know, task forces and organizations for just about everything you can think of, right? So now we find out that there's a national task force on election crisis. What the heck do these guys do and who they are? Well, I mean, uh, this is their website. Uh, we pulled right here, national task force. Um, in the about section, it says the national task force on election crisis is a diverse cross-partisan group of more than 50 experts in 
election law, um, election administration, national security, cybersecurity, voting rights, civil rights, technology, media, public health, and emergency response. So it sounds like to me like these guys are more like your cleanup crew. Uh, like they're they're the guys that come in and they they're the fixers. They're like the wolf. You know what I mean? Do you know? Do you remember who the wolf was? They go in and they fix things. They talk fast. They peek. They they talk fast. They think fast. They don't mean to be terse or curt, but that's just the way they are. Right? No, just kidding. But anyways, it goes on to say the task force's mission is to prevent and mitigate a range of election crises by calling for critical prevention, preventative reforms to our election systems. The only electoral outcomes the task force advocates are for free, fair, and safe elections in the United States. And you just have to know when they say something like that, that they're full of it, right? They're full of it. Uh, free and fair elections are the bedrock of our democracy. Oh, there's that, there's that. Uh, well, for me, it's a trigger word, democracy. No, just kidding. It's just because the, uh, the uh, Democrats have uh, just taken that word to the grave and changed the meaning of it, just like they're changing the meaning of words in Merriam-Webster's, right? And making her all woke, uh, or that all woke. Anyways, pronouns, who cares? Um, we're not PC here. So, okay, so that's the about. Now, some of the members, of course, now we have this this uh, this Macias character, Ryan Macias, who uh, worked with these people. But guess who else is here? This guy, Jim Baker, he is, he is a, a former FBI attorney for James Corney. Yeah, that's right. You know, the tall Nephilim dude that, like, lied, lied, lied and got away with perjuring himself. Like, I don't know how many times and how many hearings. Yeah, that guy, among other things. He was general counsel for him. Uh, so you got that guy there. Uh, Michael Steele. Uh, he's the former RNC chair who is a never-Trumper. Uh, other names you might recognize. Merrill and Michael Chertoff. Um, you know, so you have a whole host of characters here that uh, it kind of makes you uh, wonder what they're... I think I think this blanket that you read in their about section, which doesn't really say much, I think you can figure out what their intentions or what they do or what their motives are just by reading this list of names uh, and, and seeing who these people are that back up this group, um, who are part of this group. But anyhow, uh, so that I thought was pretty interesting to know. Um, and in that regard, uh, they removed this man because according to Bennett, uh, Bennett being the secretary, former secretary of state who's the liaison between the auditors and the state, um, he, he uh, said that at a media-only night a week prior, this guy, Ryan Macias, showed up and reportedly told the people that he was media, but then when um, Macias's was asked for his credentials, he didn't have any, and then he shows up on Bennett's team. So this guy, apparently, he was on the floor. He was trying to look at ballots. He, uh, I guess this is what he does. He's a fixer. He goes in and he tries to figure out. So you see, we're seeing all of the organizations, all of the people. We're getting a bigger sense of what's going on. And my goodness, it's already almost the top of the hour. Let me quick uh, move along here real quick. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and play this video anyways. This is an update from Cinco de Cuatro uh, by SOS, former SOS Ken Bennett. Uh, he was um, interviewed by the Gateway Pundit. So let's go ahead and give her a listen. And uh, we'll be on our way with that. This is Jordan Conradson with the Gateway Pundit here with Ken Bennett. How's it going, Mr. Bennett? Doing well, thank you. That's good. How's the audio going? I think it's going well. The... Uh... The subcontractor that's doing the counting is ramping up their capacity. They've gone from 20 counting stations on the floor to 46. Awesome. And they've gone from eight 
uh, stations for doing the paper evaluations to 15. So almost doubled one and more than doubled the other. Amazing. So I've also been told that this is the most transparent process in history. Can you tell us what makes it that way? Well, uh, Arizona's never yeah, Arizona's never had a uh, forensic audit like this. Uh, so we're doing the first one. So we're trying to make it the most transparent by having live stream cameras uh, while ballots are being counted, just like Arizona election law requires that there be live stream cameras when uh, when the election occurs. Uh, we're doing everything we can to make sure that, you know, we're, we're allowing observers to come in from all different parties. We're disappointed that the state Democrat Party has uh, told me on three different occasions that they're doing everything they can to not encourage uh, Democrats to be involved. But of the observers that we do have here, uh, last numbers I looked at, just shy of 70% are Republican and the other 30% are independents and Democrats and libertarians. So we're trying to make it available to whoever wants to watch. We're live streaming it. We've got 24 hour security um, ever since the machines and the ballots have been delivered. So we're trying to make it as transparent as we can. All right, that's good to know. And so on Sunday, the Maricopa Arizona Audit Twitter page tweeted, you Katie Hobbs might be held accountable for having your paid election expert Ryan Macias impersonate a reporter and try to sneak past security to get on the ballot floor. More to come. Can you tell me anything about that? Well, about a week and a half ago when we had a, uh, a demonstration on the floor of the audit before it started of what was going to be done at each table, we had a media-only night and uh, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Macias showed up and at first I'm told that he told people that he was media but then when we asked for credentials he didn't have any and so then he admitted that he was um, he had a private business card that had something to do with the elections and he had worked in California related to elections and back in Washington DC so uh, unfortunately some of the staff that dealt with him that evening felt like he had uh, tried to present himself as a member of the media when he was not. So I, I think that's what gave rise to that. So at the too. time, um, the media was allowed on the main floor? Well, that night we had, night. you know, kind of a, a demonstration of the various processes that were going to be done by the teams at the counting tables. Mm -hmm. And we had it specifically for media, and he showed up during that night. Uh, he just snuck in? Well, he, he came in and, and, and initially said he was part of the media, but then when we asked him for a media credential and he no, couldn't no, produce one, true. then he admitted that he was not a member of the media and so we didn't let him in that night. But he ends up being one of the uh, observers that the Arizona Secretary of State's office has, has appointed to come over and watch the audit, uh, you know, okay. in that way. So. And then, so the other, a few days ago, Judge Dan Martin published the audit's confidential security plan. Does this create any security concerns? No, I don't think so. Um, I think it's evident from the security plan that we have lots of security here. We appreciate the uh, Arizona Rangers have been one of the largest portions of that. And if anybody wants uh, to help somebody to help the audit, I suggest they give donations to the Arizona Rangers. So uh, they've stepped up, but we've also had um, organizations pay for 
of private security companies to be here along with the Rangers. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the governor has not uh, dispatched DPS or any of the state law enforcement agencies specifically to be here, but some of their officers and many other law enforcement agencies are working through a company called um, Law Enforcement Services, where off-duty police officers and law enforcement officers can pick up a buck by being assigned to a security detail like we need here. So why do you think that Governor Ducey doesn't support the, uh, the audit? Well, I don't know that he has said one way or another, but for some reason we couldn't. Uh, President Fan asked uh, him to assign DPS security, and, and he refused. So that was disappointing. Are there any concerns with the carnival right here? And then tonight, just two miles away, there's going to be a Black Lives Matter rally. Are you we, we have, about that? No, we're not concerned. Uh, we've kind of separated by fencing and everything, the the carnival activities from this building. We kind of pulled in our perimeter uh, with fencing just to around the Coliseum. And so it uh, looks like the carnival had its five or six days of operations that went off without affecting us at all. Awesome. And then finally, are there any additional concerns with the Biden DOJ? Well, any time that... Uh, the Brennan Center and others that signed on the letter uh, send a letter to the Department of Justice saying that there's imminent danger of the ballots being uh, stolen or lost or damaged, which is totally ludicrous. Uh, it, it's always concerning that you know they might react in a way that they're believing that kind of garbage. But uh, there's nothing in that letter that I think represented the reality of what's going on here. Ever since the machines and the ballots were uh, delivered, we've had 24-7 guarded security. Everything's on live streaming camera. Uh, I don't think there's any more risk of the ballots being damaged here than they could have been uh, over at Maricopa County. So, uh, but we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that they don't get uh, lost, damaged, or stolen here. All right, well, okay. that's all the questions okay. I have for you. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, Jordan. All right, pretty awesome there. Good to know. So that's some that's some good information that I didn't have before. Uh, private uh, private security has been uh, hired, and the Rangers are there. So that's really cool. That's good to know that uh, someone is looking out for the people who are uh, volunteering and working at uh, the site during this election audit process. Um, okay, so that was uh, some of what we had going on there. Now, in addition to the lies that the media are putting out about uh, this whole uh, cyber ninjas uh, part of the deal. Let me go ahead and shrink this for you real quick and let's get Arizona back on the map. Okay, um, so uh, in addition to those kinds of lies, we're also starting to see hit pieces coming out uh, in the media. Uh, if you ever wonder what way some of these newspapers lean, especially if they're local, let me tell you a little bit about the Austin American Statesman uh, my home for the last 10 years of my life. Uh, of course, I already knew that they were liberal and of course sold out and bought out. But now, so they put out this article recently. It's basically a hit piece. And in the article, they're talking about the watermarks. Uh, and they're talking about how that's fraudulent. So this whole this whole piece they put out uh, in order to refute the whole idea of them using ultraviolet lighting. Of course, we don't know what it is there for yet. Of course, we have a good clue about what it could be there. But as none of the results or the steps and the processes have been released, um, I, even though they leaked them, uh, we, we couldn't say, I mean, I don't have a piece of paper in my hand that says for sure that's what they're being 
used for is basically what I'm trying to say. But the Austin American Statesman had this to say, Maricopa County says it does not use watermarks on its ballots. No evidence has emerged that the audit led by a firm headed by a man who is part of the Stop the Steal conspiracy theories about the election has found any evidence of watermarks. So they rate that as a false or a lie. So again, I mean, and it's very interesting when you look at the wording that they use, you know, they're already putting out the conspiracy theory about, you know, the election being a fraud and it being stolen and it being a coup. Of course, the media didn't go that use as strong as a word as coup, even though there were some uh, shady characters in the back behind scenes that were trying to make it that. Um, so that was something that came out. So you're, we're seeing that. And then <clears throat> Media Matters, not uh, they, I, I didn't even realize that they were still around because I, 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 they kind of disappeared after Hillary Clinton, right? Well, I guess they're still around. So Media Matters, they decided to attack OANN, uh, one in American News Network, um, for having involvement and and airing and, and staying up to date on the, uh, the information that's coming out of these audits, as well as hosting a live feed for the... Uh, for the uh, um, the audit site there at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So basically, um, Media Matters says that OAN, OAN um, is has shady involvement with this conspiracy theory-based Arizona election audit. And they go on to say that it's because of them that it got so big and they start talking about how much money has been donated towards them. And again, they're attacking the donors. They're attacking the content creators, I guess you could say. They're attacking the characters of these people instead of looking at the facts that are going on in um, in this uh, audit. And and the thing about it is, as we've already heard them say, Kelly Ward has said, uh, sex, former Secretary of State uh, Ken Bennett has said that they invited the Democrats to be a part of this process. They invited the media to be a part of this process. But then you have these underhanded, shady media people who try and sneak in and do gotcha things, right? And then you have um, you have the, uh, the, the Democrats and the libs, socialists, whatever you want to call them, um, they're all the same, right? Like you have them saying that, oh, you know, uh, they don't want to go in there. But then, you know, at the last minute, they're going to go ahead and flip the script on them and say they weren't allowed in. And this way they can, you know, they can claim that there was some kind of fishy activity going on there. But I guess we'll see how successful we are, guys. Okay, so we're almost at the end of our report. Uh, I just got one more story, and that's going to be the Antrim County story. So we'll go maybe about 20 at the most, I think, if y'all don't mind. Um, but uh, let's see what we have to say about Antrim County. Now, as I was saying earlier, this is going to be Antrim County, Michigan. Huh. Kind of makes you wonder if yet again, we are seeing the coronavirus, the shamdemic being used to gloss over some really important goings-ons in Michigan. Could this be a play by wretched Gretchen Whitmer to uh, kind of hide over what's going on with this election audit because it's been on the table at least since the end of November uh, and it really got going in January. That's something that I kind of see. I was like, you know, it's always possible. You know, I mean, after all, they did use this fake pandemic as a cover for a mail-in ballot voting so that we could become just like all of the great socialist countries of the world. I guess in order for us to become a true socialist country, we have to start with our voting system. If we don't have a socialist voting system, then we can't have a socialist country. So anyways, we went the way of Venezuela, you know, in, in, um, in 2000, uh, well, actually, Actually, it's it's probably been at least since 12 or 16 like hardcore doing it. but but no when it comes to the mail-in ballot
pallets, and when they stopped the count, and then they started it again, and then it ended up going like a week or two or more, like that is exactly the pattern, the blueprint that you would see in a country like Venezuela. Um, there have been reports of Venezuelans, uh, expats, I guess you could say, from Venezuela, that have said they fled because that's exactly what they were doing in Venezuela. They would stop the count of the of the votes at a certain point and then like it would continue for another three days and in that time all of a sudden all of these ballots appear and up oh, there you go you got hugo chavez up oh, there you go you got maduro or whatever it is or whomever it is that's ruling over there right now but anyways so that was uh let me see here i might have to do i'm gonna do a little bit of on the air all right, guys, so let's get back to Antrim. Uh, so like I was saying, uh, you have this whole scenario where um, you have the fake pandemic. We turned into Venezuela. They, they, you know, ballot stuff basically over there, print ballots, whatever you want to say. But again, that's not what the case was here in Antrim County. Antrim County, which I believe has been kept so hush-hush. And, you know, it's not really that it's been so hush-hush, but really it kind of has been. Until the news that broke today, it was off my radar besides that one little excerpt that we did because the article I read on it kind of sound like it was final. We were going to do a follow-up. Well, thank goodness for modern media, right? And I'm talking about the media that is the uh, civilian journalists and everyone that's not the legacy or mainstream media, lamestream media, uh, because this is how we're getting our information these days. So a quick rundown on what is going on in Antrim. This had to do with the Dominion voting machines and vote flipping inside of Antrim County. That's exactly what this is about. Um, and now you had a gentleman by the name of Bill Bailey of Central Lake Township, who's being represented, represented by an attorney by the name of Matthew DiPerno. And Matthew DiPerno has been with him since the beginning, and they're still going. Uh, they just, they just, um, they just put in brand new evidence that's going to be quite damning, y'all. Like we're seeing all of the pieces come together. May it all just come together. Everything's going to come together. We're going to synthesize all of this information because it's so pertinent. Like this, this here could be a huge, huge, huge. Uh, um, a way to break the camel's back when it comes to the opposition and the disbelief that the media is spinning, the big lie that they're telling that this um, uh, this audit was, I mean, this election was not stolen. Okay, so getting back into it, um, this Bill Bailey guy is basically accusing the county of election fraud and violating his constitutional rights. Now, there was an Antrim County clerk by the name of Cheryl Guy, and she actually acknowledged that there were errors by her office accounted for by about 2,000 votes cast for Trump that were mistakenly assigned to then-Democrat challenger Joe Biden. And it was said that some of those people who... Um, uh, some of these people who visited to examine those votes were part of a forensic examination team. Now, of course, all these people that came down to examine these votes, they say it was all human error. Like, basically, that's what it's going to boil down to. But now, if you guys remember, they did have hearings. We had, like, Giuliani, and we had a whole bunch of experts that were doing panels um, uh, in regards to these, um, uh, these hearings about election fraud. Now, you remember, a lot of them were thrown out on technicality. Uh, a lot of them are thrown out like on technicality. In the case of um, of uh, Giuliani and them going up to uh, having the Supreme hearing at the court and with the legislatures, I apologize. Um, 
uh, they actually they actually dismissed the case because they said it was human error, not election fraud. Technicality, right? Here, but if you guys saw those hearings, um, they had some experts, including uh, retired Colonel James P. Waldron. He was the cybersecurity guy that had like all of the graphs and the sheets and the numbers and the math and stuff. Um, he was an expert who, during post-election hearings before Michigan lawmakers, cited incorrect reports that indicated 100% or more eligible voters turnout in some Michigan precincts. Uh, then we also had Russell James Ranslin Jr. He was a cybersecurity analyst and former Republican congressional candidate who produced the erroneous vote turnout report after apparently confusing Minnesota cities um, as locations uh, in Michigan. And then Seth Cashel, a former Army intelligence officer who has alleged numerical voting anomalies that would suggest fraud. So uh, they actually did also do a hand count of the precincts, and that revealed that 57% of the vote actually went to Trump. But that's not what we were seeing in the election um, Dominion voting machines. Um, now, the election night debacle on the mishandling of the last minute paper ballots, uh, ballot design change um, was unlikely to have occurred widely in Michigan. So here's a debacle that was also going up. There was a last minute ballot change in the design. Remember how we were talking about one of the steps? I think it was the yellow shirts might have been the green, uh, that were actually checking in to look at the printing. So uh, depending on how the barcoding and the printing was, the design on the sheet that would, you know, would affect whether or not that ballot would be accurate or if it would spit it out and then they'd have to either count it by hand, right? Or they would have to put it back in. And, uh, you know, I heard there were, uh, there were times when people were putting in a bunch of ballots because they'd all been spit out and then they're removing parts and adding numbers and stuff like that. There's just a whole bunch of that going on. So um, that was one thing that they were also looking at. And now it said also because the county clerk staff failed to properly update election software after last minute changes to some county election ballots, the machines miscounted votes for the incorrect candidates, the Secretary of State's office and county officials said, and that was also later confirmed. So uh, let me just go ahead and play a quick uh, news video that was coming out of Antrim out of uh, Michigan, and uh, just to just to kind of quick catch up on everything I said. accusing Antrim County of voter fraud. Tonight we have a, a list of expert witnesses who are accepted, expected rather to testify against Antrim County. According to the plaintiff's attorney, many people on the list will base their testimony on the review of the Antrim County forensic report. Now this happened back in December. It was conducted by Allied Security Operations. Antrim County is accused of using Dominion voting systems to alter <coughs> election results. Here are the names on the plaintiff's witness list. Russell Ramsland, Colonel James P. Waldron, Doug Logan, Gordon <coughs> Freemeyer, and Paul Maggio. The Attorney General's office identified additional names of those on the forensics team. You can see the complete list of names and their role in testimony on our website, upnorthlive.com. Okay. So, A, we don't want to talk about the Trout Festival. What you talking about, Willis? Okay. So, let's go ahead and get that off of the screen. So, uh, yeah. So, that was just a real quick. That was from back in... Um, 
January, guys, that that report was coming out. Um, so that was so some of the other things, some of the other stories that we kind of picked up in regards to uh, what was going on there in Antrim County. Again, like the whole thing with this was lawfare and bureauc bureaucratic um, like holdup. Like they were just bottlenecking, pushing everything back. There was um, a story from the Traverse City Record Eagle that said the judge was limiting the amount of discovery in the Antrim County election lawsuit. Um, and this had to deal with communications between the plaintiff in an ongoing election-related lawsuit and former President Donald Trump and his family. Again, here they cited human error um, and not fraud. So that's why. And they also said this was the case where they said that they were afraid Trump was going to turn this into a political football. And that's what he was going to use it for. So they shut it down, basically. Uh, then we also had a 9 and 10 News uh, report uh, that talked about a professor who released definitive Antrim County election report. So they had this one guy go in, and apparently what he had to say was gospel. So let's just hear if what he had to say was gospel. After becoming the center of the controversy for the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election, Antrim County and their polling systems are in the clear. A University of Michigan professor recently finished a report on the discrepancies in the county's election. He came to a clear conclusion. There was no fraud. He says all issues were human error and they were quickly fixed. Not intends Eric Lloyd explains. While the state, more specifically Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson and Attorney General Dana Nessel turned to University of Michigan computer science and engineering professor J. Alex Halderman to do a comprehensive report on the issues that happened during the 2020 election in Antrim County that spurred controversy and conspiracy across the country. The idea was to put to sleep for certain any more claims of fraud in the election. Now, to recap, overnight after Election Day, the results out of Antrim County caught attention. The usually very conservative county had gone for Joe Biden in a landslide. Down-ballot Republicans still did expectedly well. The next day, the county officials looked into the issue and found major discrepancies and quickly moved to a hand-counting system. With the new count, then-President Donald Trump won the county by a large margin, in line with expectations and other races. But this spurned controversy and claims of fraud that spread to other counties across the country, but all tied back to Antrim. The results were repeatedly canvassed and approved, but the claims didn't stop, so the state turned to Professor Halderman. In his 54-page report, he laid out exactly what went wrong, why and how it was fixed, most importantly, clearing any claims of fraud. In the report, he says the county noticed errors on the ballots for parts of Central Lake, Mancelona, and Werner Townships. The county turned to the election system provider to fix the issues. They sent back the corrected election information. The county clerk, Cheryl Guy, and her staff uploaded the new ballot information in those three precincts. What they should have done was upload the new software to every precinct. The changes were not uploaded countywide, which led to votes being skewed when entered into the computer system. Votes intended for Trump went to Biden, so many of them that it was easily noticed. During his analysis, Halderman reproduced the errors and received very similar results, showing that that was indeed the issue. Now, Antrim County is going to turn to hand-counting ballots in the May election and then come up with a new, more reliable, more human error-proof system when it comes to the bigger elections in November. And as for the state, Secretary Benson says this is the final word. There's no doubt anymore that there was no fraud in the 2020 election in the state of Michigan anywhere. I'm... 
Yeah, 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 you know it. Just like they're saying, Monkey Toe said it. Lies, all lies, all lies. It is nothing but a bunch of lies. Lies, 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 lies. Okay, well, before we get to the cream of the crop, because I guess apparently uh, they said, the Secretary of State said that there was definitively no fraud. <laughs> I bet you she's eating those words right now. I wonder how good her words taste. Um, but before we get into that, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about um, uh, cyber ninjas being involved in Antrim County. Now, now I, I, I can clearly see why they're attacking cyber ninjas and why they want to know their methods of figuring out how or what function they're having in this audit. If cyber ninjas are the, is the outfit that busted this Dominion um, this Dominion uh, hacking or, or vote changing or whatever you want to call it, because we're going to see video that proves it in just a minute, makes you wonder why they're attacking them so hard in Maricopa County, right? So, oh, everything is coming clear now. Uh, Gretchen Retchen is uh, going into this uh, hermetic lockdown of her, her, her state so this way they can uh, avoid, uh, you know, millions, dozens, thousands of people going out and protesting against what's going on in Antrim County. They can't do a New Hampshire in Michigan because they are under lockdown, like draconian lockdown, right? So that I thought was very interesting to note. Um, it said in an article here that uh, a Michigan judge on Monday said he'll allow a dozen tech and election experts, including the Florida from Cy Florida firm from Cyber Ninjas. So they're involved in what's going on in Antrim County. Hmm. It's really interesting when you see how all of these things start to come together, right? Okay, so then we had that one article. Okay, so then after all of this, and I'm just kind of giving you guys a rundown on everything that's been going on with Antrim County up to this point. Uh, we had um, a judge again that was going to consider dismissing any of the arguments that they had. Um, but the one that was the most pertinent um, uh, in regards to this, um, let me see here, uh, was, was the news that just broke actually today. What a day to tip your hat, yeah, to tip your sombrero and to ha uh, to throw back a margarita, right? On Cinco de Cuatro, uh, Cinco de Mayo. I just, I guess I love Cinco de Cuatro. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Y'all guys have to go see that. All right. Anyways. Okay. So here's what happened. Um, a county lawsuit expert shows on film exactly what happens when they run a ballot through the Dominion machines and explains exactly how it is that they get flipped. And of course, you know, we had the ballots that were a concern and the software or technology that was a concern. Let's take a quick look at that. Is this the right report? I think it is. Okay. All right, guys, this is a big one. Let's see what they got to say. Interim County, the legal case has continued over the 2020 election and now a new experts weighing in on American news has exclusive footage. Take a look. Well, legal proceedings continue in Antrim County in Northern Michigan, where hearings have been held back and forth regarding the results of the 2020 election. And from November 3rd on, the eyes of many in the nation were focused on voting irregularities in Antrim County, Michigan. Now, Matt DiPerno's legal team is revealing exclusively to One American News the next phase of their legal strategy. They have brought in their own expert, who has access to both the voting machines and the tabulation software. Jeffrey Lenberg is a systems vulnerability expert with an extensive background in national security, 
who has been brought in by the plaintiffs in the case to give his analysis of the Antrim County election and their use of these electronic voting systems. Here's what Lenberg showed us. So this first ballot is for Jorgensen. Yeah, this ballot is for Biden. Ballot is for Biden. The next ballot is for Trump. The next ballot is for Trump. for Trump. And that's the seventh one. Okay, we finished our election. We've done seven. So now we're going to close the polls. that we made. What we did is for the presidential race, we swapped Biden and Trump votes. We did not change the senatorial race, and we swapped the congressional race. So that's what we're looking for. What we see is Joe Biden got four, Donald Trump got two, and Joe Jorgensen got one. So you'll notice Biden and Trump votes are swapped. For the senatorial race, Peter's got two, James got four, and Willis got one. So there's no modification there. It matches the ballots. For the third race, the congressional race, Ferguson got four, Bergman got two, and Bourne got one. So it swapped those between the top and the second candidate here. Now this gets a little bit more detailed over here. Um, what I'm going to do is manual. I don't have a script set up to do it, but uh, that'll be a, a next step. But uh, what needs to happen here is uh, a series of SQL commands, database modification commands. So uh, bear with me, please, as I go through these. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is put the database in a known state of the starting state the normal starting state. So I have it in that state right now. So what I need to do is uh, the, that index, I need to uh, swap the index for the presidential candidates, Democrat and Republican, and I need to swap it for the uh, congressional uh, race as well. So uh, I have some queries set up to do that. So this is uh, Biden. I'm going to go ahead and run that query, and then I'm going to go uh, pull up each one of the other candidates. So I'll go to Trump, run that query, then I'll go to Ferguson, run 
this quarry. Then I'll go to Bergman and run that query. Okay, so what I've done now is in the database over here, I've done the matching swap to what we did on the card here. And so now uh, we can go back and read in the results. zero in the presidential race which you notice now is joe biden has four donald trump has two joe jorgensen has one we go to the senatorial race gary peters has two john james has four willis has one we go to the congressional race dana ferguson has four jack Ber bergman has two ben warren has one so what you see is the results now match the tape printout here. So when you do the canvas, they will match. But they're not correct. They don't match the ballots. Lundberg says that his analysis shows that these electronic voting systems are vulnerable to compromise and demonstrated a series of manipulations he was able to perform within the software which appeared to alter the reported outcome of this simulated election away from the results on the paper ballots themselves. For years, Americans were told by mainstream media that elections were vulnerable due to cybersecurity concerns, with outlets from CNN to MSNBC running stories on the security flaws in the systems. HBO has broadcast two documentaries on the subject, called Hacking Democracy and Kill Chain, The Cyber War in America's Systems. For now, one American News will continue to cover the story as it unfolds in Antrim County and across the nation. What is the... All right. So, guys, can you say um, Dominion just got busted wide open? Um, I wonder how they're going to do on all of those uh, lawsuits they've been filing. And it's a shame that Newsmax just folded on that. I mean, couldn't they have waited at least until Cinco de Cuatro, Cinco de Mayo? I mean, come on, guys. They could have waited until Cinco. That guy's teeth look weird. Look at Oh, my God, those teeth. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, so this basically, if this story gets picked up, I don't know. It's gonna it blows everything wide open, and it shows that the software um, could definitely be used to uh, shape the outcome or change the votes. Um, uh, and that's not even getting into like the half of it. You know, like I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other uh, methods and means that are going into what was uh, behind this. So anyway, so we're gonna wrap up tonight show with a real quick follow-up to this story um and this is uh, an interview that uh this um uh, uh expert analyst jeffrey lenberg did where they talk about what it will have to do uh um what it means basically for michigan and for america uh moving forward 
And uh, yes, Katie Man 63 I do believe that was Newsmax saving themselves. Um, I mean, but, you know, we never know the whole story until we got post hindsight. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, we'll see what happens. That doesn't mean that they don't got good news over there. But uh, unfortunately, they did. Uh, they did. Uh, bend over for that one. Okay, guys, so let me go ahead and get this going for you. I'm actually going to pull this off the screen and uh, we'll get to playing it now. And then this will be uh, the last bit for the night. Now, this is um, this is the aforementioned expert analyst, uh, Jeffrey Lenberg on the Justin Barclay show, which is uh, it's a West Michigan live show. It's it's a local show. So, I mean, you know, uh, you'd have to fish for it, I guess you could say. But uh, let's go and hear what they have to say. Attorney Matt DiPerno with that lawsuit filed in Antrim County on the election issues. Matt, appreciate you being here. Apologies, it wasn't the expert. It is the attorney, Matt DiPerno, who's been working on this case from the beginning. All right, with that said, let's go ahead and listen. Thanks for having me on, Justin. So you've got some breaking news. I know we've been following this case pretty close and, and obviously throughout the uh, the entirety of it, but uh, you uploaded some things just the other day uh, to your website and you changed this lawsuit around. Tell us a little bit about what's happening in Antrim County. Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, we've been working really hard uh, the last um, six to eight weeks um, uh, running tests uh, using the uh, forensic images that we collected back in December uh, of the Antrim County election management system. Um, and uh, so when you have a forensic image, you got to understand that um, we can take that image of their system loaded onto a laptop and then we essentially have a bootable uh, system just like they would be using uh, in their office and we can load that system onto a laptop and use it just like they do um, so we're able to look at all the files we're able to look how, at how the system runs and we've been doing tests for quite a while to to understand the system uh, for our people to get familiar with how it works and to uh, essentially run mock elections on it. So that's uh, that's what we've been doing. And what we discovered uh, and what we released uh, just this week is evidence now showing that, um, uh, really confirming uh, the data we put out back in December when we said that the uh, voting systems is computer systems are designed intentionally uh, to create problems um, because we now know uh, that uh, um, just by doing our testing, we can run a mock election um, and we can flip uh, any uh, race we want. We can transfer votes from uh, one candidate to another. Uh, we can transfer the, can the races uh, or the votes from uh, a, a third-party candidate to Donald Trump or to Joe Biden. We can transfer Joe Biden's votes to Donald Trump. We can transfer Trump's votes to Joe Biden. We can do that on any down-ballot race that we want. Uh, we can do it on some of the races, but not all of them. We can do it on some of the precincts, um, uh, whichever we choose. We can do it on all the precincts or just select certain ones. And we can uh, affect the election that easy. Uh, so that's really an important discovery. Uh, but more importantly than that, 
we can affect the election at the tabulator. Uh, And that means where you vote. Pretend that you're in a precinct um, where you go in and the tabulator sits there and you fill out your ballot. This is what you, Um, you, you, you slide your paper ballot into. This is the machine that scans it, right? Right. This is the scanner, the tabulator, as they call it. You fill out your ballot and you make your selections for uh, whoever you want to vote for. Put it in that tabulator. That tabulator scans it and converts your ballot into data. And we can affect the election at that point and flip votes at that point. Have you guys had a chance to look at the paper ballots themselves? And, And if not, why not? Um, we haven't been able to look at them. Uh, we have been at uh, a, uh, on December 17th, the Secretary of State um, promised us that they would be doing an audit of Antrim County. And when we arrived there, uh, they, they converted that audit into what they call the uh, hand recount. See, this sounds uh, re- this sounds really easy to me, Matt. I mean, we can we can save a lot of time here, and, and I'm sure uh, you would appreciate this too. Is if we just were able Antrim County, I'm sure it's not a lot of votes. There's probably not a huge number. We just get in there and let everybody. Let's just see the actual paper ballots and see what comes out. Wouldn't that just solve all the all the problems we've got right here? That would solve every problem. And you look around the entire country, what's the one thing that everyone is stopping everyone from looking at? The ballots, the paper ballots. Um, I had actually sent out subpoenas a couple of weeks ago to go in and look at the actual ballots starting uh, on Wednesday, uh, May, May 5th, uh, May 5th, May 6th, May 7th. Uh, we were scheduled to go in to each precinct and look at their ballots. We want to look at them to see a number of different things, but also to uh, confirm the results uh, of the election, meaning all down-ballot races as well. Uh, but they won't let us. They filed a motion, uh, which is going to be heard next Monday. Why, why not? A motion. Well, you'd have to ask them. I mean, well, I'm just because it, it seems as though this would be in the uh, in the best interest of everybody, full transparency. This would solve all the problems. Absolutely. This would tell us the truth. Looking at the ballots gives us all the data that you know that you would need. For instance, um, if you look at ballots um, that are marked as absentee or mail-in ballots, and they don't have the proper crease or fold in them, uh, you know that's a problem. If they're not printed on the correct paper, you know that's a problem. If ballot signatures don't match the envelopes, you know that's a problem. But more importantly, if you count ballots on these down-ballot races, and you say the election, like for John James, for instance, let's say uh, your results say that John James only got 10,000 votes in a county and you count the ballots and you find 12,000, that's a problem. But you know it. You can do an investigation and understand it. But the one thing that no one ever lets anyone look at after an election is the ballots. And that's why what we discovered is so important. When we flip the election from one candidate to another at the tabulator, close out the election 
and print the results off of the tally paper that comes out of the tabulator. As we see in that video that we uploaded, um, in, in that situation, we, we put seven ballots to the tabulator, four for Trump, two for Biden, one for Jorgensen, and we were able to flip the Trump and, and Biden votes. And at the tabulator, when we printed out the tape, it came out four for Biden and two for Trump and one from Jorgensen. So that right there, I mean, that is, number one, it's just a huge problem because when you go to Canvas or the Canvas board looks at the election app after the election, the only thing a Canvas board does is look at that tally tape that's printed from the tabulator. They look at the number of people who voted and they compare that then to the poll pad and see how many people came in to vote. Is, if the number matches, then they simply certify the election. What's the chances? Done. What's the chances that the, the judge will, will let you look at the actual paper ballots here, and we can just be done with all this? Well, we will find out on Monday. I think the chances are good because, it, it, as you say, it, it totally makes sense and it's common sense. I mean, and um, Matt, in, in, in all fairness, if everything comes out and it shakes out that it was fair, are you willing to walk away and say, hey, we gave it our best shot? I guess we uh, we weren't right. Um, and uh, and say, OK, that's 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 that. Well, absolutely. But it's never been about right or wrong for my client. Bill Bailey has said from the very start uh, that his goal was to make sure that the election was fair. Uh, fair for everybody, and that should be a common goal for everyone. This should not be a partisan issue. So yeah. the, the Bill has always said that he just doesn't believe, uh, uh, number one, the election was fair in Antrim County, but more importantly, we've got other issues in the county, too, because we know that some ballots were destroyed um, and not properly counted, and his could have been one of them. Right. Um, but but the other thing with these machines, I believe we have to get rid of these machines. But no matter what we find, I, I believe in, in, if we looked at the ballots, I believe we've already achieved a victory in the sense that what we've been able to show is the um, uh, uh, the um, actual machine itself um the way it's designed if you were a legitimate software company okay and you were a legitimate computer programmer there's no way you would program a system the way that these systems are programmed they're too easy to compromise uh they're too easy to hack they're too easy to manipulate this is gross negligence in the programming of these machines uh, and we're able to prove that now and when you have something that's of national security for the country like voting part of our national infrastructure uh, there's no way you would legitimately design a system uh, to do what these systems do crazy guys right crazy i think this is uh this is some of that extra movie popcorn butter that we've been waiting for this whole time uh <laughs> i could tell um it was setting some fires in the chat ding 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 tam growl says uh busted says aurelius lock um tisk tisk shake my head local is and uh, let's see uh oh i like this one shepherdy shepherd newsmax woke will now go broke <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, bring your popcorns, guy. I had, uh, through this whole process, I had movie butter popcorn, I had white cheddar popcorn, I had yellow cheddar popcorn, I had vanilla popcorn, I had rainbow popcorn, I had caramel popcorn, and strawberry popcorn, just in case I got bored with the same flavor. So, you know, you gotta be prepared for the long haul, guys. <laughs> Anyways, so um, uh, Liz Garcia had a question in the chat. Um, she says, guys, question, but there, if there is discovery of fraud, nothing can be changed anymore, right? Everything stays the same. Uh, we had some good responses to that. Um, uh, things won't change if fraud is proven unless the Patriots start raising hell. Tombstone, that could be, I mean, yeah, we, like I said, uh, during the whole New Hampshire debacle, uh, it, it doesn't even have to do with us necessarily saying, I Patriot, I stand for my rights. It, it's, it's when the people are given the right and accurate information, they will act, you know, and, and, and then that Patriot nature that is, you know, in our hearts and in our souls, in our blood comes out because we're actually standing up and saying, look, you cannot do this. We govern ourselves. You do not govern us. You serve us. And this is what we want. And we had one third of the country uh, clearly come uh, come through in that regard. I mean, for crying out loud, we had the Amish coming down in their stable coaches to vote for Trump. And they probably used a paper and a pencil and they didn't even know what that was. But anyways, uh, my thoughts on that, uh, Liz Garcia, would be uh, that... Um, we're we're looking at something that literally no one has seen in history before. Um, I, I don't think even Shakespeare wrote a story about this much fraud and corruption and, and you know, I don't know, um, whatever else might go beneath that. But um, really, you have everyone, like, for example, Maricopa County, they're calling for an audit of the election. They're not seeking to overturn the election. I think that that bit of dialogue is very important for optical reasons. Um, but realistically speaking, if if this fraud, as we have just seen, as we have seen with our own eyes, that these machines can be hacked and they can, the, the, the vote can be changed, from what the ballots are cast versus what's in the computer software, um, realistically speaking, they would have to. I mean, there would have to be an overturn. Uh, there would have to be something. At least that's what I think. Again, this is an untrekked road. This is a path we've not walked down before as a nation. So we'll see how it plays out if they follow the Constitution. Um, I, I mean, I I'm willing to bet that uh, President Trump will be sitting in office again uh, before long. Um, Shepherding Shepherd says, this is a long movie just praying for an intermission before the plot twist comes. Who knows? We might be at that twist guy. Um, and then uh, let's see here if there was any more uh, comments to that effect. Um, if we settle with this fraud after knowing what we knew happens on November 3rd, we deserve everything that they give us that is true. Aurelius Locke is enjoying the popcorn and the snacks. Uh, fraud vitiates everything already. Uh, Supreme Court ruling. Supreme Court ruling, says Shepherding Shepherd. Yeah, and you know, Supreme Court... Uh, uh, they're gonna their days coming guys their days are coming all right guys uh, so that's gonna wrap up the C report for today Wednesday May 5th otherwise known as Cinco de Mayo um, there was one quick <laughs> there was one quick note Liz Liz in the chat her Kamala Kagada okay so I saw that and I was like what on earth does she rhyming Kamala with the only thing I could come up with with was Chinga Kamala but that's about it we'll leave it there guys okay y'all have a great afternoon We'll see you tonight with the Q&A holes at 9 p.m. Eastern. And the C-Report will be back at 4 o'clock 
central time tomorrow uh, um, and we won't be doing this five o'clock thing again um, un unless there might be something coming up but uh, we'll see anyways all right guys y'all have a good night i hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next time <laughs> First, America first. You and me, Hoy.